Hello everyone and welcome to another beer review and again happy new year I hope everybody had a wonderful time and drunk lots of lovely beers and didn't make themselves ill and I hope you all had a cracking celebration now this is me hopefully getting on to the kind of main event this is hopefully the highlight of the kind of festive season and some beers that can take forward into 2024 that just kind of uh, hopefully sets the standard. So what we're doing today is something a bit different. So what I'm doing is is a Fuller's Vintage Ale and this is 2016, right? But what I thought for this one, let me go to this side, was, well, unlike a lot of these other beers, Fuller's does their vintage ales different every year and use it as a celebration for different ingredients and other different um, reasons for coming up with a slightly adjusted or different recipe. So we're also going to be doing the outgoing one or the latest one, which is the 2023 one. So we've got the 2023 and we've got the 2016 and we see how they taste, how different they are and everything else. So, um, they've been doing this since I think it's about 1997, I think. I'll just double check. I think it was, the first one was in 1997. I've got some notes here. Yeah. So, it was brewed in May 1997 and bottled July. This is the first in the portfolio of vintage ales. Dark in appearance. The taste is almost brandy-like with a hint of fruitiness. In the aroma so that's how they describe the first one so this one they're all bottle conditioned so that's why i'm all kind of trying to keep it upright but what it said is i'm going to read that so in 2016 it says in this 2016 vintage ale we used nelson sabin hops hop type which was being developed when we brewed our first vintage ale back in 1997. Since then, this aromatic New World hop has pioneered new flavours in beer and is and so is a fitting addition to this milestone vintage ale recipe. So again, Vintage Ale is only available in a limited release of individual packaged and numbered bottles. We have added this best before date of December 2026 as a as this exceptionally will improve for many years to come, like the fine wine or whiskey. This bottle conditioned beer will form a natural sediment, so pour carefully, sit back and enjoy the very finest of Fuller's Ales. So there we go. And that's what we've got. So that's 2016. And what does it say about 2023? It says, an annual limited edition brew, Fuller's Vintage Ale is the most special beer to leave our Griffin brewed each year. Our 2023 Vintage Ale combines the best of traditional tastes with new hop varieties to deliver this year's own distinct character. P 
Imperial malt is at the heart for a delicate sweetness combined with double rosy crystal malt to provide deeper toffee and raising tones. Once more, we highlight modern English hops using Opus Archer and CF185 to provide peach accents and a pronounced citrus note, underpinned by the zesty marmalade character of our famous Fuller's yeast. As with every vintage ale, this bottle-conditioned beer is made to mature. Therefore, while we always state a best-before date, the flavour will continue to develop for many more years, and natural sediment will form. So store upright and pour carefully. So the 2023 is 8.5%. And the 2016 is 8.5%. And they are, the best way of putting about them is that uh, I think it's the 2010 is £10 a bottle, or not 2010, the 2023 is £10 a bottle, and all previous vintages are £7 a bottle. So they are. And I do have some other vintages as well, which I will do periodically throughout the year, just as little kind of tippers and things like that. So, also the packaging is slightly different. Oh, come on, Treacle. So there we go. So that's the 2016. And then, of course, you can see it's got a it's got a label over the, the top of it. So we've got that one. And they're just lightly chilled, so they are. Funny, give this oh god the best chance. And uh, this is the 2023 one, as you can see, just slightly different with the, the labelling and everything else. So yeah, so we'll crack them open and see what we've got. So I'm cracking open. 23 just now. I the bloody thing, but it's not exactly on. Jesus, it's a good thing it's, it's the cap's well put on, put it that way. So let's pour this one and see what it's like. This is the 2023. Quite there. And there we go. I think that's enough just now. Right. And let's do the two thousand sixteen. Come on. Oh you bugger. Ooh, right. Let's pull this one. Not too bad. There we go. So, let's compare them side by side. Over there. 
Right, there we go. 2023-2016. And I would say the 2016 just a little bit more cloudy. And I don't know how the settlement's gone. The 2023 is a clearer one. There's a slightly opaqueness to the 2016. And it is pouring differently. This has got a little bit more fizz for some strange reason. Just a bit a little more kind of head. Whereas the 2016 seems to be a bit more velvety in its pour compared to the 2023. It does feel a bit more velvety in its pour. So it has a bit more silkiness to it. For people on the podcast, they're both kind of like a kind of dark copper colour. The 2023, they're both kind of off-white heads, just slightly off-white. The 2023 has probably got a a finger, almost a finger and a half head initially, and probably half a finger, but the heads are different. There's more of a cask head on the 2016, and there is more of a kind of, a more of a fresh kind of poor head on the 2023. So the 2016 just seems to be a bit more kind of smoother. So it does. But yes, you can hold them up in the light. Yes. Just a little bit more opaqueness um, with the 2016. So, what we'll do is try the fresh one, the 2023, smell-wise. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Some nice smells there. First thing is you get a nice malt, you get some nice dried fruit. But it's a strange one. Is it just me, but I'm just maybe getting a little kind of slightly ginger nut tones. That's what it smells of, just slightly ginger nutty. So slightly ginger nut biscuits. If you're outside of the UK, it's like a ginger biscuit, um, quite a hard um, dry biscuit that's made with ginger. And it's a sweet biscuit and uh, it's quite a distinct smell, especially coming from the UK. And yeah, it just has that little... Accents of ginger nuts. I'm getting some slightly dry kind of dried fruit, slightly fruit cakey. And yeah, it's just a it, it, it's malt, but it's a nice malt smell. It's not like a kind of you know sometimes you get malt smells and you can smell malt, but no, this is just a nice gentle malt. And overall, it is a very nice smelling beer. Hope to God that it will continue. Right, let's see what the 2016. What does it smell of? Oh, there's something different again. Now, I'm getting a slightly sharper, malty smell of this. I'm not getting any kind of ginger nut smells. Getting maybe a little bit of dried fruit, but what I'm getting is toffee. Getting toffee apple. So I'm getting maltiness and I'm getting toffee apple. And it's a slightly sharper smell. So there is. But both, in their own right, smell actually very nice. They really do. But it just shows you how how different these beers are. And that's why I thought I'd get two different ones, because I actually bought a range of them. And this is the, the latest one, or the oldest out of the, the group I bought, which is, uh, I tried to get the whole kind of group, but I couldn't. Unfortunately, because uh, 
they sold out so quickly. They, they put them up and they were gone. So I managed to get the second um, set that they put up, so I managed to get that one. So 2016 is the oldest one, and of course, obviously, the latest one is 2023. So let's try the 2023 and see what it tastes like. Wow. Oh. First and foremost, rich. Yeah. This is a beer to be savoured, definitely. There's nothing sessionable about this beer at all, which is good. This is what I thought I was going to get with, um, was it Old Master Hen? I thought, well, that was supposed to be a kind of limited edition vintage beer, and I thought I was going to get kind of these type of tones, and it was just no. But in saying that, though, I believe, and speaking with other people as well, they also believe that I had just had a bad bottle, and it's lucky I do have another one. And I will obviously revisit that again and give it another chance. See, I'm fair. I'm fair that way. If, uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's automated processes and how it's transported and everything else, that sometimes it just, you know, the product doesn't, you know, get to the, the customer in premium condition. I understand that. It's part and parcel. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. So I will revisit it and, uh, what I will do is, uh, if it gets a better mark, then I will also update the original video as well. So I'll put another video up and I'll also update the existing one and obviously put a link to the newer one and everything else. So I will be fair with it and give it a, a chance. But yeah. Mm. What I like about it is, The aromas I'm getting, I'm actually picking up them flavours. So it's slightly kind of ginger nutty-esque flavour there. There is the dried fruits. There is that kind of nice kind of... Just that nice relaxed malt flavour. I mean, sometimes it's a case where you get a lot of malt flavours and it kind of, you know, you either get this kind of sweetness with it. It's maybe a bit too much with the malt. Or other times you'll get the malt and you'll maybe get a little bit of bitterness with it or another edge flavour, you know, things like that. But with this, no. It's actually... There's a lot of body there. It tastes actually quite rich. But there's a slight lightness at the back end that just, you know, so it starts off... A nice malty, controlled malt, but just a nice malt start. Moves on to the kind of mid-tongue and you start to get these kind of dry fruit flavours. And you also get a little bit of, uh, a little hint of kind of ginger nuts. I am getting. But instead of it kind of like doubling down in the aftertaste, it slightly lightens a little bit in the aftertaste. And it just makes it a little bit more refreshing. Just a little bit, you know, not just, it's not trickly, not too gooey. Yet is the best way of trying to put it. It's just like, when the flavours, 
they don't overly linger in the mouth either. So again, it's just, you know, overall, it's just, it's the balance, I think, is probably the best way of putting it. And a wonderful balance to it. one of these ones that you taste the beer and as you get more acclimatized to it as I'm tasting it what I'm getting off it is I'm trying to think the best way of putting it um, I'm just getting the impression they actually really gave a shit you know, you know there's plenty of times that you've watched me review a beer and I'm thinking they haven't given a shit about this really as quickly they can get it out of the fermenter and in a bloody bottle. And if they can even bypass that process and just, you know, pour it straight into the bottle, which of course some of them actually do, especially if it's non-alcoholic. There's ones that are just basically what was poured into the bottle. It's never been fermented in this cream puff. But you sometimes get that and you're thinking, really, seriously? Whereas this, there is a... There is a feel to it that just... It's a it's a different league. It really is a different league. Okay. Well, that is nice. You're starting to get a little bit more sweetness at the end now. Just a little bit more sweetness. Oh, it's nice. It really is nice. I was going to say, you know, £10 a bottle. You know, you're really kind of pushing it. But, no, I think one of these ones is to treat yourself. I don't think they're expecting people to buy a load of them and, you know, get wired into them and things like that. I think maybe, you know, people just, you know, buy one just to kind of treat themselves, you know, that type of thing. And from that point, going by, I spent £10 on, is it four beers? Was it four beers? I'm trying to remember now. Winter Spice, Irish Stout, the London Porter, and it was a three M and S ones. Was there any other ones? And obviously there was there was two London Porters really the moment over. So it was almost ten pounds and then four beers. And then you look at it, you think, did I get pleasure out of spending that kind of almost £10 on them four beers? No. Did I finish these beers? No, they all went down the sink. Um, if I wasn't going for doing the reviews, then I would have probably put them down the sink after the first couple of sips, they'd have been straight down. Um, so I wouldn't really have drunk in any of them. Whereas you spend £10 on this and you're thinking, yeah, okay, you've got us, you buggers. You know, you've... As a one-off spend, yeah, very nice. Break down the flavours. I think you can never do that, but break down the flavours. Start off, you get this lovely, slightly velvet, velvety malt. I mean, it's just the delivery of the malt. It's just so clean. That's the thing that probably stands out most. It's almost velvety. It's just so clean. There's a little bit of underlying sweetness there. And the two of them, there's like a marriage together. It's just like, you've got a nice level of malt, 
It's not in your face, but it is just that it's just a richness to it. It's almost like velvety. It's just lovely. But there's nothing there kind of coming off, no little kind of opposite kind of adjunct flavours or anything like that. It's just very clean. And you have this kind of associated kind of sweetness that just go together. It's like a marriage. So the malt and that little bit of sweetness, that's it. They're hand in hand. You, you can't have one with the other. They almost feel like one flavour. It really is. It's like that. And then you get this little kind of slightly green accent. But the green is just, it's just there as a as a supporting act. It really is. Um, the front of the mouth is all about here. Well, well, welcome to an education in mould. That's what it's really like. You know, it's a lesson in mould. And today we're going to start with a nice velvety feel to it. And that's what it's like. You move on to the mid-tongue. And uh, the sweetness is just slightly kind of, it's strange, it just slightly dies down, but I don't think it's really dying down. I just think the other flavours coming over the top is just slightly just taking that edge off the sweetness. So you still have that really nice malt kind of feel to it. It really has nice in the mid-tongue. And it just, it just, how can I say, it, it epitomises body. If people don't realise it's malt that gives you the body to the beer, then... Try one of these. Try this one. This this will tell you. I mean, you actually feel it. That there's just a lovely kind of the malt just carries you into the the mid tongue. It really is nice. And then you start getting these slight kind of accent flavours, but the accent flavours are very very clean. So you're getting some really nice kind of slightly dried fruit, and it, I can pick it out again slightly raisiny. But you're also getting ever so slightly kind of almost like glassy cherries as well. You're just getting that little kind of edge to it. And then as you start getting near the end of the the mid-turn, just as it's moving on to the the aftertaste, the back of the mouth, you start picking up ever so slightly little kind of ginger biscuit accent. And it really does nice. It, it's it's I don't think it's supposed to be Christmassy in any way, shape or form. But of all the beers I've tried, this is probably the closest to a Christmas beer out of this festive period that of all the beers I've done. And obviously it's not supposed to be, but I just, the major thing is I'm getting, especially with this one, is, is how clear and identifiable the flavours are and how they work. They work together, but they're very clean. They are... And then as it moves on to the kind of aftertaste, you're still getting a little bit of ginger biscuits, a little bit of dried fruit, and the malt's still there. But the sweetness, just as the kind of the dried fruit just kind of slightly kind of dissipates, and the slightly ginger edge kind of dissipates, the sweetness just slightly picks up a bit. Just slightly picks up. And then what happens is the malt and that sweetness just nicely dissipates together, hand in hand. Again, it's just like... They're hand in hand at the start. They kind of slightly separate along the mid-term. And then they come back together again, hand in hand at the end. And that's what I'm talking about, the balance. It's, it is, it's a, it's a different world. It really is.
And even though it's a very rich beer, it's one of those ones you could actually drink quite a few of them. Just because it's just that nice lightness at the end. It's not a heavy finish, it's going for a little lighter finish. And it really does work. I mean, you've got a quite a rich start. You've got a fairly rich mid-tongue. And you're thinking, oh, if it gets richer than this at the end, which a lot of these type of beers do, it's going to turn into quite a heavy kind of beer. It's going to turn into a bit of a kind of a, a slightly a slog. And when I say a heavy type of beer, I'm referring to like what we do in Scotland. Like it's a very malt-forward beer known as a wee heavy, which is, again, is usually high alcohol, really piles on the malt. But this is the difference. It's using darker malts, there's a sweetness to it, high alcohol, a lot going on, a lot of complex flavours that you get with wee heavies. But there's usually a, you know, what we call a very strong heavy finish, a very rich finish. And uh, it's almost like you need a little breather between kind of uh, drinks. Of it, you know, you just need a little breather before you have another sip and things like that. And it is that type of thing. To the point is it's almost bordering on sometimes a bit too much with some of these wee heavies. Um, but let's try 2016 because I'm looking at it and I've poured this. And while I've been drinking this one, the head has not changed in that 2016. It's just, it's almost as if it's like it's frozen. It's like a photograph. It just has not moved one, one iota. <laughs> which is very strange actually look at it it is exactly the same as I pick it up it's just you know it's like I'm waiting for you <laughs> that's what it's like <laughs> as you can probably tell I'm actually quite happy because it's really nice to enjoy a bloody good beer it doesn't happen very often unfortunately and especially a good beer coming from a bottle because I will be discussing this with uh, some of the people in the comments and there's you know, Sloppy Dave He's got a fabulous uh, YouTube channel and uh, he does mostly cask um, ale reviews and uh, yeah, definitely a, a good channel to go and watch and you can learn a lot watching him and uh, you'll learn some good jokes as well. And we were discussing it and uh, he does, like he says, he does mostly casks because uh, you you will get a better beer. Most beers, most traditional kind of beers are designed to basically be drunk on cask. The bottles are giving you a kind of uh, impression of what the actual real beer is like. The real beer is really from the cask. So a lot of times with me doing the bottles, I'm not getting the full effect and I'm a lot of times not getting the full flavour, especially if I'm buying it in the bottle. Um... But again, the problem is with the cask is it's all down to the pubs. The pubs look after and manage their cask well and great. But let's be told, a bad pub can ruin a bloody good cask of beer very easily, unfortunately. So again, if you can trust, you know, the landlord and the pubs and everything else, then great. But it's a chance you take sometimes that you will hit some really bad beers just because of they're badly managed by the actual pubs themselves. But yeah. That's nice for me to get back to it is to actually have a, a beer from bottles that it's just really nice. You know, the you can you can feel that 
the clean flavours that you'd probably get from a, a fresh beer from cask. And you're also kind of getting the the quality. But this is what this feels that you actually because of course sometimes with conditioned bottles you can get um fairly close to cask sometimes um if it's a really good beer and the bottle it correctly and like you say it's been managed properly and conditioned it you can get a really good product out of a conditioned bottle. But again a lot of bottle conditioned beer now it is just a, a name on the label. They, they really don't give a crap. But you feel like this one they probably do. So let's see what this one tastes like. 2016. Hmm. <laughs> Right, jeez, oh, completely different beer in some ways with the flavours. The milk delivery is slightly different. The finish is very different. Jesus God, this has a this is a different finish. This is a, a kind of richer finish. Whereas I've seen that the twenty twenty three is a is a is a nice kind of lighter finish. No, that this one has a little bit more double down on the back end. So it does. And this one actually, this one is a strange one. This one actually feels more alcoholic as well. This one, even though they're both supposed to be the same 8.5%, this feels that there's more, there's more alcohol to it and I'm getting a little bit more vapour of it than, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, you know you're drinking a higher alcohol beer with the 2023, but with this one, I'm actually feeling a little bit of vapour on this one. Because when you when you go and draw in, you draw in with some of that vapour and you just feel a little bit of it in your kind of, you know, mid-chest. Mm-hmm. This one's giving me something different. One of the major flavours I'm getting is it's like slightly cherish, slightly maraschino cherries. So it is, it's slightly kind of cherry-like with a little hint of marzipan. That's what it feels like. Flavour-wise, especially in the mid-tum, there is this kind of richness to it. And it is, it's, it's almost like a Christmas cake. Um, obviously, you don't put maraschino cherries in a Christmas cake, but... You, it's like the kind of marzipan bit of it of the of the kind of Christmas cake with a kind of slightly maraschino kind of slightly cherry kind of um, edge to it, and it is. I mean, they are. I mean, if you if I poured them out in a glass and gave it to them, you would. I mean, look how look how that just holds itself. It is just a the the two different animals. They really are. Um, It really is it. And I'm glad I've done them together because it's a good way of kind of highlighting it. I do have some other ones to try as well. Like I said, I'll do them later on um, as individual reviews. But I think that's just what stands out because instead of them just churning out the same beer every year, they're adjusting the recipe, changing the recipe for different reasons. Um, probably the best way is like turning around is like in 1998, was the second in the series of the Vintage Year. And it was based on Champion theme and with the addition of Champion Alexis Malt and Champion North Down 
aroma hops. So, see, they, they have a different kind of theme every time. I mean, 85,000 bottles of the vintage year were produced in 2000 with organic theme using champing optic malt and organic target hops, a fresh hopper roll. I mean, it's all these different types of things and yeah, I'm just looking at them. And of course, they're making different amounts. I mean, like, in, did 85,000 and 2,000, they did 30,000 and 2,001. In 2003, they did 50,000 of bottles. They did 100,000 bottles in 2006. Um, 2010, they did 125,000 bottles, you know. Um, even in 2015, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the famous British malt variety, Maris Otter, we brewed our 19th vintage ale with solely British ingredients. Floor malted Maris Otter is combined with Target North Down Challenger and Golding's Hops to create a well-rounded complex flavour with a fruit-driven aroma and bitter finish. That sounds lovely to me. And... Just with the ingredients they're mentioning. It just, it's, I'm just sort of thinking. I'm just in my head imagining what type of flavours they were going to draw out of them. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds nice. And that's the difference. And I think this is where people don't realise the level that you can get from fillers. And uh, I've always said is they might not make every beer. Um that suits you, but you can even drink a beer, a fuller's beer that really isn't your kind of style of beer and doesn't really kind of float your boat, but you can still appreciate the quality of ingredients and you can still appreciate the the level of uh, care and attention that's been put into it, it's been well brewed. So you can say, well, yeah, the flavour profile maybe don't really suit me, but fair play to them, the flavour profiles are nice and clean, easily identified, and it's a well brewed beer, but it's not my kind of style of beer. And that's what you kind of get with a fuller range. And uh, fair play to them. But this one. Oh. This is a very rich beer. So it's a lot richer than 2023. 2023, I'm glad that's why I went for the 2023 first. Because I thought, if I started with this one first, I think a lot of the flavours would overshadow that one. The malt is a bit more in your face. It's there's a bit of velvetiness to it, but it is very front and centre. Like, hello, malt calling. This is a malt forward beer. You're going to enjoy this if you like malt forward beers, because it is. It's very in your face at the front of the mouth. It's like that. You're almost getting a headbutt of malt. Yeah, I almost get a headbutt of malt, but you're also getting a, you're also getting a very rich finish, and you're also getting a bit of alcohol in the finish as well. You're actually, it does feel that this is actually a higher ABV than this one. Now, let's be told on bottle conditioned and everything else. I wouldn't expect it really to have the higher ABV. And if it was, it'd be very, very slight. 
but it just gives you it's just it's a different breed. This is a richer beer. Now, whether I'd be interested to see what this was like in 2016, but obviously in 2016 it's a, it's a different animal if it's been sitting in bottle conditioning. Um, and of course, it's been conditioned not in a shop, this has been conditioned in the brewery. All these beers were bought direct from the brewery, so they came in, so they had been stored by the brewery themselves. And of course, obviously, I think Fuller's would have stored them um, in a kind of a prime environment and uh, to give the product the best chance for being the best it could be once it's opened and uh, I had it stored as well upright outside in the shed when I was down in Devon and it's been sitting there nicely chilling in the garage as I moved up to Scotland and things like that and that's why um, I moved up in uh, 18th of December, this is now the 1st of January 2024, so you've had that time for it just to sit there, all the beers are just to sit there and settle and just get kind of acclimatised to the kind of change of environment. So this one has, I think this has obviously got richer over the years, because what is it now, That's seven years this has been sitting and... Uh, It's a different animal. Starts off front of the mouth. You're getting, you're getting malt, and it's hello. Here comes the malt, and it's like a malt train. You're almost hit by it. And for such a, a, a lighter beer, just so much malt coming through. You're getting a bit of grain, and you're getting a bit of sweetness. But it does feel that as a case of the sweetness is still feels like it's attached to the malt but it's 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 all about the malt i mean there is a sweetness here that feels it's connected to the malt that that's one thing is it's not feels if it's just jointed but <clears throat> there's a couple of different style of malts so one of the malts you feel as if like it's providing the sweetness and the other malts are just providing a very kind of malty slightly how would you put it how would i put it slightly toffee so you're getting a kind of a darker kind of toffee edge to it, the malt. And then you're also feeling as if there's another malt there that's providing that sweetness. So that's why I'm saying it's a bit of a malt fest at the front. And you've just got a little bit of grain there just to kind of slightly hold it back so it doesn't feel as if it's running away. Because it, it could. It's just there is so much malt there. And it does feel so rich, especially at the front of the mouth. Move on to the mid-tongue, and that's where you're getting. The milk's still there, a little bit of grain. The sweetness, I think, has been edged out a bit because you're starting to get some fruity flavours coming through. And you are getting slightly dried fruit, so you're getting a little bit of raisin, a little bit of tannins. I think this is more kind of, you know, you're getting certainly more dried fruit in this one than the 2023. And you are getting slightly sultanas, a little bit of raisins. But like I say, you're starting to get this kind of slightly kind of marzipani, maraschino cherry kind of feel to it as well. And you are getting slightly cherry kind of flavours. 
and that's how clean it is as well. Even after it's been sitting in the bottle for seven years, and that you can still I can still pick out the flavours very cleanly. That's the thing. It's not only the flavours there, but they're just so clean and identifiable. And I'm not thinking, oh, how would you, you know, describe this flavour or describe that flavour? They do it for you. The flavours are so clean and identifiable that it's easy to kind of relate them flavours. Uh, and I think that's probably what stands out with both of these beers so far, is that they're controlled... They're well balanced, but they're just so clean. And I think that's probably the hard. I mean, I brew beer and everything else, and you can get some nice flavour tones, but it's very difficult to kind of get clean flavours. It really is. It's, it, there's an art form to that, and especially if they're identifiable. But again, a lot of that's down to quality of ingredients and everything else. So the mid-tongue still feels quite rich because of that slight cherryness. You're getting some really nice dried fruits. You're not getting any ginger. You're not getting any of these kind of things. I'm not even getting any citrus or anything like that. The alcohol levels kind of start to kind of die down. The mouth and body is now kind of getting used to it, so that's not playing a part of it now. And that's what I wanted before I went into the aftertaste, because with the aftertaste I was getting a bit of alcohol vapour on that, and it was slightly kind of obscuring the the aftertaste. But that's not a, an issue anymore because the mouth and everything else have got acclimatised to it. So as it moves on to the mid-tongue, from the mid-tongue to the aftertaste. It just feels that the dry fruit kind of side of it just slightly kind of dissipates, just slightly dies down. And then you start getting this slightly cassandra of kind of toffee malt and almost the sweetness just slightly kind of level goes up a bit in the back end. And you are getting a very rich, very malt-heavy finish. But again, there's just ever so slightly little accents of bitterness, little act which of course you just don't get. It's a completely different back end on this beer than it is in the 2023. 2023 is a lighter finish. This one, it feels almost as if it's getting slightly richer and slightly heavier. And that's another thing is just that felt that the alcohol was also sitting here as well, which again, I'm now kind of been acclimatised to, but it's not such a big culture shock now the the back end the back end actually feels more cohesive now with the mid tongue and the front of the mouth it just takes a wee while for your body to kind of get used to it but yeah it's just like ooh but the, the, this I would say this is definitely more enriched and it is more of a kind of a, a beer to finish the night off. If you want, basically, you've had a couple of beers or whatever, you've had a good day drinking different types of beers, this is the one you want to finish with. This is your nightcap. This is the one, is the cases you want to sit there, relax, and kind of savour. That type of thing. Or, 
if you're sitting there and you just want a beer after a hard day's work and everything else, you just want to sit there and chill, enjoy a nice, good, strong beer in the middle of winter, cold night, this is the beer you only go for because it's like one and finished. This beer is definitely one and finished. I think it's the case there's so much going on with this beer. There's a richness to it and everything else. I think you really would struggle to have two or three of them. I'm not saying you would want to have two or three of them, but they, it does feel it's it just there's a richness to it. So this would be a good one to finish the night off with or just to kind of sit there, enjoy slowly and kind of, you know, enjoy your, your thoughts and memories, that type of stuff. But yeah, it's strange, two different beers in their own right. It really does, two different beers in their own right. But they taste different. One, I could actually have a few of them. And one, I mean, the 2016 it is a nice beer. It's a very rich beer. I could sit there and drink that for an hour. I really could. I could spend an hour drinking that and just chilling, relaxing. You know, alone with your thoughts is, is a good way of putting it. And I could, I could just be well alone with my thoughts and just, I mean, that's the beer. 2016 beer would be a good one to sit here on New Year's Day night or evening by yourself and just enjoy that and spend an hour reviewing 2023. The good points, the bad points the successes, the failures, all that kind of stuff. It would be a good beer just to kind of think back and review the past year. And it would it would just be absolutely perfect for that. Which is a bit of a pisser because I've opened it and drunk it, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but, yeah, it would just be perfect for that. Although the good thing is that I do have doublers. I didn't buy all these beers and not have doublers, so I do have doublers. Although some of them, I want Adrian, my mate, to try. I want him to enjoy some of them as well. So that's one of the other reasons why I got the doublers as well, as the case is also basically I've got two of each of the different kind of, uh, um, of the different kind of uh, years that I've got. So that's a good sign of it. But the 2023, while it's rich and malty and alcohol and everything else, because the finish is a lot lighter than everything else, this is a strange one. I could probably have two or three of them. And what I could do, I can imagine me actually having a session on this of two or three. And well, obviously not at the bloody price because that would be 20 or 30 quid. Um, I mean, if we're doing that, we might as well have a night in the whiskey. Um, but yeah, as I'm saying, is the case is if I was doing this, I could just imagine is that if you're drinking with a mate and they're having maybe 
five or six or seven beers. You could have two or three of these and, and, and probably have a very similar kind of alcohol kind of uh, content near the end of the night. Wouldn't be that far away. Um, you'd probably be spending a bit more money than probably your, your counterpart. But for the time it would take you to drink these, even though with the lighter finish and everything, because it's still quite a rich beer, you you could you could have spent you know sit down watch a movie and things like this and have a chin wag and everything else, then two or three of these would just be perfect from that point of view. Um, would it be good just to have one of them? I think it would work for one beer at a time. Um, so it would, but... There's a slight, it's just that slightly lightness in the finish. The finish is just slightly lighter. Um, and it just adds that slightly kind of refreshing feel to it. Which is strange for this type of beer. That it does feel that ooh, I could maybe go for another one and, and things like that. Mm. So we're trying to think which one do I prefer. But they're different enough that I like both of them in their own right. That I find it very difficult to try and separate them. Because, I mean, if there were two similar types of beer with the same type of kind of flavour profiles and the same kind of edge and everything else and finish and things like that. Then it would be easier to kind of identify, well, I like this one more than the other and things like that. But yeah, I think that's probably the reason why Fuller's does it, is that they actually change the recipe so you, you can compare them, but it makes it very difficult to make that comparison of which one do you really actually prefer because they are slightly different recipes. So they're done as beers in their own right. And I think that's what makes the difference about them. But I still have to give them a mark out of 10. And uh, this is what, what time is it now? It's kind of slightly midday on New Year's Day. And I'm thinking... The way I am just now, because I've still to have my New Year's Day dinner and things like that, that the 2023 is the right beer at this time of the day. That's a beer that it's not overly rich. There's a nice delivery. It's just a very controlled delivery and slightly velvety of the malt. The 2016, it's more... There you go. Malt's arrived. Hello there, Treacle. You know, it's like that type of thing. So it's a bit more in your face, a bit more rich, a bit more um, of a bomb going off. And it, I mean, I'll be looking after it right now. That kind of, what is it now? Chambers. Just the back of two. So the back of two, the 2023 would be a better beer at this time than the 2016. But the 2016 would be far better at the back end of this evening. I mean, if I'm sitting there this evening, maybe about back at nine, ten o'clock, and I'm sitting back and I'm going to kind of review the ups and downs of 2023 and 2016, the perfect beer for that. And I, I mean that sincerely because I'm now thinking, 
fuck, it would actually have been absolutely perfect for that. And I would like to have done that because there's been some good points of the year and there's also been some down points. I, also lost, I lost my father in 2023, so and that was the last of my parents, so that's both gone. So I think it would have been nice that the 2016 beer would have been nice just to sit back and kind of reflect and also kind of conjure up some nice memories and things like that. You know, just, you know, you know how your mind works. But 2023 is just that kind of nice one, you know. It's just, it's a nice beer before your main meal, your kind of celebration meal on New Year's Day. That's if you have. In Scotland, we do, and it's usually steak pie and things like that. Um, my wife will have roast beef and things like that because obviously they, her being Russian, she has a slightly different kind of New Year celebration. It's uh, it's a, it's almost like Christmas. I mean, their kind of Santa Claus, which is called Dead Morose, he comes on New Year's Eve and that's when the kids get their presents on New Year's Eve, um, which is our kind of New Year's Eve, same as then. They also have a kind of Orthodox Christmas and an Orthodox New Year as well. It's slightly different from their kind of... Uh, they work to a different calendar. We work to the Gingorian calendar and they work to the Antonine calendar, if you're looking at it from religious festivals and things like that. And, uh, yeah. I mean, leading up to your kind of celebration, kind of New Year's Day dinner, this would just be nice just to kind of keep you going, you know, until it happens. And, uh, yeah, they're both very well brewed beers, very nice in their own right, but very different. They are, really are quite different. And I wouldn't want to drink the 2016 midday. I don't want to drink it in the afternoon. That's a kind of... I don't even honestly think I would want to drink it with company. I think it's one of these beers that I would rather enjoy by myself. You know, Johnny Napal's. Johnny Napal's is probably the best way of putting it. And just reflect on your thoughts. And it is one of these ones. It's just my time. And 2016 is the perfect beer for that kind of reflection about my thing. 2023... You could have that and you could have that with company and you could sit there and discuss things. Now, you could drink it... The 2023 when you could drink with people drinking other types of beer. So you could be drinking that alongside people drinking lagers and everything else and they're getting wired in and everything else and having a few and getting a bit of a session. And you could have one or two of them and it would just work quite easily. Because there is that slight light finish and everything else, and it's it is perfect for a mid afternoon one or two. Um, so right, this is kind of marching on. So what would I give this out of ten? Right, the two thousand and sixteen. What would I give it? It is a nice beer. It's a very rich beer, really quite rich, and for. how light it is. I mean, it, there's so much, there's such a richness to the beer that you expect it to be a bit darker. But it's quite light and there is a nice, lovely richness to it. And uh, from that point of view, I would 
out of 10, what would I give it? I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. It's one of these beers, I'll be totally honest, if you drink it at the right time, you know, when you're basically sitting there, the telly's off, you're in the room yourself, you just want that little kind of moment of reflection, then yeah. It's a perfect beer for that, it really is. Maybe less so in company, and I think that's probably why I've knocked a little bit off it. But yes, nine and a half is what I would give 2016. It is a really nice beer, some really nice flavours, very clean. Flavours are very identifiable, yeah. But it's one of those beers that has to be the right time. It has to be the last drink of the evening it has to be really probably by yourself and uh, you know along with your thoughts it for me that's how it feels it just feels that kind of you know it's, it's more of a personal kind of drink rather than a drink to be shared and enjoyed with company now the 2023 oh God, that's a nice beer. It really is. That is a nice beer. What would it give the 2023? It's a slightly different beer from that point. Yeah, you could have it as, you know, if you depending on what you're drinking, it could obviously finish off the night quite easily as well because there's a good richness to it, there's a good body to it and everything else. But just the delivery of the malt, it's just a slightly different way and how it just is slightly lighter on the, the back end. It strikes me as a beer for a few different occasions. You could use it as a, as a reflective beer that you can sit by yourself and enjoy and sip because there is that richness. You could use it as the end of night beer, that type of stuff, by yourself or whatever. I don't see that as an issue or a problem and you could enjoy a reflective moment with it. But you could also have that with a little bit of a session on it and you could also have it through the night. I mean, what I would say is it'd be very difficult for you to have this beer and then move on to something else. I think it'd be very difficult for any beer to really come in behind it and not be overshadowed by it. I don't think there's that many beers out there that could actually be robust enough to kind of stand up coming in behind it. So what I would say is that if you went on to this beer, you would probably have to have another one or another two. I don't think you could follow with with many other beers. This one would have to be really followed by itself. Um... But it's one of the ones you could drink mid-afternoon, in the evening. You could have a few of them along with other people drinking other things. So it's a beer which has slightly more kind of functionality. 
is probably the best way of putting it. And on that basis, I'm going to give the 2023 one 9.7 because it's just that slightly bit more functionality to it. Um, but let's be totally honest, if it was coming down to it as a, a kind of beer to enjoy by yourself or a little bit of kind of alone time and a bit of reflection, then I would probably say the 2016 is better for that. Although the 2023 could still provide that that vessel, that, that functionality. So yeah, I've got to admit, two very, very good beers. Um, two wonderful flavours in the beers. I mean, two beers with wonderful flavours. Very clean flavours as well. Fair play to them. And if you haven't tried any of the kind of fuller vintage ales before, then I would recommend try and get some. And you can get 2023 for £10 at the moment, I think. And you can get previous vintages at roughly about £7. Although some of the older vintages are only basically sold as part of uh, special kind of uh, offerings. As a, as a group offerings of so many and things like that. So um, the ones that I got, I actually, it works out actually cheaper because um, what I bought from their pack, I bought, it cost me £70. I missed out on the, the other one, which would have cost me £100. And uh, I bought these ones. I got a good load of beers for all the, the £70. And trust me, if I bought them individually, it would have cost me a heck of a lot more. So they actually are worth it. And trust me, once you've tasted them and the different ones and everything else, even if you've just tasted one of them, you're thinking, yeah, okay, I understand now. And that's probably the best way is you really won't understand the pricing and everything else until you taste them. And once you've tasted them, you kind of realise, yeah, okay. If you do like kind of more malt-forward, rich English ales, then these are some of the best. But they do incorporate different flavour profiles and you will get ones that get slightly a bit more citrus and everything else. And overall, they actually are very, very good beers and I would recommend them, whether you buy them individually or you buy them as part of a group. I would recommend if you like traditional beers, at least try one. And yeah, if you want to wait until 2023, you maybe get 2023 for seven quid. If you wait um, later on into 2024. But even then at £10, I would say it's worth it. It really is. So it's nine and a half out of 10 for 2016. And it's 9.7 out of 10 for 2023. So I hope everyone has a good New Year's Day. Enjoy the continuation of the celebrations and you have a nice meal and some nice beer and other drinks. Thanks for watching. Cheers. And a thank you for people who have tuned in and watched. It's very much appreciated. Bye for now.